Today's scripture lesson is from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Listen anew to the parable of the prodigal son. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him to his field to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came <clears throat> to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured his property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So the sermon starts right where the parable ended. The elder brother is outside, outside the party, but he's looking in. He hears the music 
but he will not dance. He smells the roasting beef, but he will not eat. The door is open, but he will not walk through. Well, he's angry with his brother, and he knows his reasons for being angry. The family treasure has been reduced, and the family bonds have been betrayed. He's been taken advantage of, and he's hurt. He's angry with his father. Oh, he knows his reasons. His father put up with it. His father let it happen. As Jesus describes the elder brother, he's holding up a mirror to all those of us who think we know our reasons for not dancing, for not feasting, for not celebrating. Now, there are just some things that the elder brother just didn't see. Or if he saw them, he just didn't value them very highly. He saw his brother take the money and run. He saw him come home flat broke and famished. But there were things the elder brother never saw. They never saw his little brother hit rock bottom. Working on a pig farm and envying the pigs their food is rock bottom if you're a Jewish boy. It's rock bottom. The elder brother never saw rock bottom. But there was something else the elder brother never saw. He wasn't there the day that, that the young brother came to himself. That's what the text is translated at. In that moment, he, he came to himself. What a beautiful way to describe what it means to be spiritual. You see, following God is not stretching ourselves out on some theological rack and making ourselves something that we are not. Being faithful is coming to ourselves. And so he did. The elder brother never saw that moment of truth 
that inner transformation, that wholeness discovered. But the younger brother did, and he wrote his prayer of confession. It's beautiful. Oh, I have sinned against heaven, and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your child. Just treat me like a hired hand. The elder brother never saw the sincerity. The sincerity that comes when you hit rock bottom and start to crawl. I suppose we need a little note here in the story. There's nothing in this story to tell us that the younger brother made a habit out of such behavior. Because anyone who has ever dealt with someone struggling with addiction knows that holding someone accountable for their choices and being firm with boundaries is perhaps the hardest thing to do and the thing that is most needed. And please don't universalize this story of the prodigal son to call you away from the good things you already know. This is not a story of a habitual offender, but of a brother who hit rock bottom, who came to himself and yearned for reconnection. The elder brother did not see the sincerity or if he saw it, he didn't trust it. Well, there are things the elder brother didn't see, or if he saw them, he just didn't value them highly enough. He didn't seem to realize how much his father loved his younger brother. Maybe he was too annoyed by the money to see that the loss of a son was so much more devastating than the loss of the money. Perhaps the elder brother misunderstood the way his father's restlessness was expressed around the home, looking at all those places where the brother used to be. The elder brother was not around on that day when those aging paternal eyes were looking out over the horizon. I remember being in Israel, and I remember standing near a very long valley, and I was amazed at just how far you could see. As I read this story, I imagine this father 
scanning the horizon until one day a small dot begins to make its way toward him. And bit by bit, the dot becomes a silhouette, and then a silhouette becomes familiar. The shape of the body, the clothing, the gait to the step. I suppose we should pause and offer another note. What do you think would have happened in the story if the elder brother had seen the younger brother coming first? He might have chased him away. Get out of here. You broke dad's heart. You've had yours. Now go. But the father saw him first. And the old man runs out to greet him, to welcome, and to celebrate. For there is joy when the lost are found. There is celebration when relationships are restored. Now, Jesus did not tell this story to give us all a lesson in family dynamics, no matter how desperately we need them. The elder brother represents all the religious leaders of Jesus' day, and perhaps a few of our own day, who go through life as if they have God all figured out. They're the ones... who speak with such forcefulness, telling us who we can love, telling us how they know God's will better than anyone else. Jesus is not telling this story to explain family dynamics. The younger brother represents any of us who've made a mistake, who've turned away, and by whatever means possible, we're trying to find some place called home where we belong, where we matter. Jesus was not telling this story to give us a lesson in family dynamics. Those aging fatherly eyes are indeed the very eyes of God, scanning the horizon for you and for anyone else who's made a mistake, who's turned away, who's coming to themselves, and seeking home. There's a robe in God's hands, and it fits you. Can you hear the music? 
Will you dance? Can you smell the food? Will you feast? The door is open. Will you walk through? Amen.